Welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market, brought to you by Geelong Real Estate Co. and Ricky Fort. If you're looking to buy or sell your next home, contact Ricky Fort at Geelong Real Estate Co. And GSE Finance, with interest rates on the move, now's a great time to refinance. Contact Matt Turner at GSE Finance for all your financing needs. Ricky, we've got a special guest today. We're talking building inspections. And we've got the absolute king of building inspections in Geelong, Graham Boyd from Jim's Building Inspections. He's absolute Geelong royalty. I think he um, got a past life in selling real estate himself. I think he's been a building inspector for over 10 years. So welcome, Boydy. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having us today. We might okay. just ask you then, Graham, as a, a formally having that experience in the selling market, what have you made of the Geelong market um, over the last, you know, two two or three years? It, it has been pretty crazy. Yeah, I know. Question's been mad. It's been great from a building inspection point of view. I suppose just a quick background is here. Yeah, I was on the dark side. That's what I call it. <laughs> back um, back in between about two thousand and five and two thousand and. 11, um, had a real estate business. A mate of mine thought it'd be a good idea to get me into it. Um, he said I could spruik a bit. Um, wasn't for me. I, I wasn't the right sort of person to sell real estate. Um, didn't like the weekends, um, that type of thing. So I started the building inspection business in 2012. Um, and I tell you what, if I was a real estate agent in the last three or four years, I would have made a heap of You would money. have done okay, I yes, think. Yes, but I think during my time, it was pretty tough. And um, yeah. and I think real estate is for people like Ricky, young people, not, <sighs> not for old people like not, me. Not that young, but I'll take sort it. Of, um, I think it's that sort of that drive that you need. You need to have that sort of um, that, that key energy and, and be a little bit younger. That's my, enough about me, Bordy. Um, stop handballing. So back to you, mate. What was the name of your real estate business? Oh, back in the day, it was um, All Points at Grovedale. So there was a group of agents, um, I think there were six offices in Geelong. We had our own franchise as such. Um, we were just a marketing group. So um, there's none left now. We all changed our names and went different ways. They're all still around, but just under different brands. Yep, yep. And the Jim's franchise, how did that come about? Well, I, um, I often say, I talk to people about um, what got me into building inspections. And being a real estate agent got me into building inspections because there was me with the Colin tie on the other side. Um, opening the doors for the building inspectors. And I always thought, geez, that old bikes don't know what they're doing. I can do that. <laughs> so um, when I decided that's what I wanted to do, I, I then had to find a vehicle. It was like, how do I do this? Like, yep. well, yes, my background is I'm a builder, but how do I go and do this? Oh, so do you've I got a building background yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm a builder. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah I got into real estate. And you now literally are a jack of all trades. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully good at this. I think I've, my 10 years have proved it's been okay. I think you're okay. So... Um, Jim's had just advertised. I think it was on Facebook. It was a brand new... Um, Facebook wasn't around back then, boy. No, it was. It was. <laughs> Jim's... Um, it's for old people, Facebook. Not for you. No, I don't have Instagram or any of those Snapchats okay, okay. and things like yep. that. Um, so it was a new division. And Jim's is an interesting group. If you've got a great idea and um, Jim thinks he can make money out of it, then you can be the divisional leader. So Jim's Building Inspections was there. Um, they'd actually did a bit of building inspection in Grovedale where I was the agent. And it just impressed me back then with the signage and they're just professional compared mm. to the few building inspectors who were in Geelong mm. that were just ad hoc, you know, come around in their cars with a ladder if they were lucky and away they went. So, um, you know, they told me a lot of lies. No, I shouldn't say that. Told me, <laughs> they told me a lot of good stuff, how it was going to be fantastic. Some proved to be okay, but um, I've made my way and um, I don't get much work through gyms. I don't need it. Um, I've got lots of um, contacts in Geelong including people like Ricky that um, have used me over the years. Mm. Um, I think just word of mouth. So I do my sort of six, 700 jobs a year. So everyone knows me. What's that a week, Damo? You're the mathematician in the house. How many a week? 15. 15 a week. 15 a week. 
15 inspections a week. And most most would just be builders that, you know, can you come and do an inspection? Your job is solely um, or, or specifically on inspections. Yeah, so um, building inspections, there's a few different sorts. I mean, and when I first started, I used to do new construction as well. Um, now I just do pre-purchase. So all my clients are people who want to buy houses. Um, the odd vendor that, that's a bit worried about their house and maybe want to get an inspection before it goes on the market. Um, yep. You keep playing with that camera, which is a bit of a worry. <laughs> um, I knew I should have worn my suit and tie. Uh, no, um, that's no. how I obviously go to work with my suit of and course. tie, for sure. Um, mate, talk to us about COVID. Obviously, on the podcast, we've covered COVID a fair bit, so that would have obviously presented a few challenges in itself. Um, you know, at one stage, no one was allowed to talk to anyone or whatever. How did you go? What was business like for you? Did it completely shit itself? Or, you know, could you do business at some level? Or what was, was that like? At some level. So, certainly, I'm um, dropped quite a bit there was different so we had different times when we could do things depending if there was a contract signed yeah if there was no contract signed you couldn't go in yep um, if the house was empty it was okay to go there Weird so times. so we had we had a whole range of things we had some people saying well we're builders we can do it anyway and then and then i was of the opinion if, it's, if there's no contract signed it's mm. not um it wasn't that important yep. so um certainly had some off off times but in saying that once they lifted different restrictions in geelong I just boomed. I mean, whatever I lost over, say, a, a four-week period, I picked up over the next four weeks because yeah. people still bought things. As you Crazy know, times. It was mad. Um, what percentage of people um, do you think are getting like pre-sale inspections? Uh, in Geelong, it's really low. So um, Geelong people, it's really weird. Geelong people don't get building inspections normally. We, we fly by the set of our pants, yeah. don't So Ge- Geelong people, um, oh, my mate looked at it. Oh, my uncle looked at it. Um, um, a friend of mine said it was okay. Someone drove past it. So um, Melbourne people get building inspections. So I think Geelong people, the percentage would be one in 50, yep. but Melbourne people are more like one in 10. Yep. And because we've been so busy with Melbourne people coming to Geelong, my business has been growing on the back of Melbourne people getting building inspections. So it's a, it's a funny market. So mm. you would know... You, you could go maybe and sell 10 houses and not get one building inspection. Yeah, then, you'll have, then you'll have two or three where you'll get yeah. a building inspection. Then you won't see a building inspector for another 20 houses. It's an um, interesting um, analogy in Geelong. My favourite... Uh, the, the question I was looking forward to asking the most is what percentage of houses that you do building inspections on fail a building inspection? So... Um, Bad enough that a buyer has got the right to walk away from the property. What what percentage of inspections would fail to that level? I would have thought probably really where people walk away one in fifty. One in fifty. You mean so because um, I have a, I have this simple philosophy. People don't get a building inspection because they, they, people don't get a building inspection because they don't want to buy. So it has to be really bad for them to walk away. Mm. So what what we tend to do? I mean, my job is is to report on what we find, and then people say to me, well. What could we do about it? So it's to give them options. Like maybe it's still worth buying. Can you can you renegotiate the price slightly? Uh, will the owner fix some things that we found? Um, I did one the other day, and um, they didn't know the shower was leaking badly. So the owner was actually in the contract. Now that's a major defect. So that's something that client could have walked away. But they love the house. Other than the shower, the house is terrific. So the owner is going to fix the shower. Mm. So like so, there's ways around it. So it's it's really talking through mm. how much they want to buy. So investors are more likely to walk away. So if you've got an investment house, an investors, there's no emotion. Yep, it's uh, mathematical. Yep, I don't want to buy it. If, if that's got a problem, let's not buy that one. Let's go and find another one. Where homeowners, mm. they get attached. By the time they've got me in, they've already, they've already invited their friends around for the housewarming. They, they've worked out where their furniture's going, their TV. So they're invested in the house. So mm. they don't want to walk away unless 
it is really bad. Can I, can I just say, Damo, one of the things I was most excited about getting Boydie on the podcast, obviously, um, yeah, there's a few more building inspectors popping up in Geelong now, but for me, one of the main reasons I was excited to get Boydie on the show was um, because in Geelong, it feels like a lot of building inspectors feel like their job or whether it's the market, but it, it feels like... Um, a lot of building inspectors think it's their job to just absolutely smash the house and tear it apart and tell the um, the buyer all the reasons they shouldn't buy it. But I think obviously Graham's just got um, having just a little bit potentially more life experience or a bit more. Yeah, you know, he comes from real estate and you know you, you're dad, Boydie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just you know family man, grandfather, I, grandfather. I think um, the ability to like hold a buyer's hand and um, to some degree, you know, and and say because I'm sure you get asked this all the time, Boydie, like. Um, do you, you know if, if you were me would you buy this and that sort of stuff so I, I think I was really excited to get you on the show because I wanted people to hear firsthand that your job's actually not to tear the house a new arsehole you know it's to just help people make an educated decision that you know yes this house has got issues but um, you know it's something and I hear you say this all the time for something of its age it's on par or it's better or it's worse so i think putting things into perspective for people because you get this building inspection it's got 40 pages of you know pretty strong you know um language and, and photos that look a bit daunting and it's like what the hell does this mean so being able to have someone like Boydie that you can actually talk to and says you know what like it's had this this and this but you know compared to some other stuff i've seen it's a good place so i think um damo's got a great reputation in geelong for for stuff like that well, on that point, um, if you are producing a report, you probably have to note every little thing, right? And it might, you know, the pages might add up and that, as Ricky's point, the page, that might look daunting, but legally you've probably got to note everything that you find. No, that's correct. So so um, if you would, if you just get a building inspection done and, um, and I send it to you, you probably wouldn't buy hardly any houses because yep. we have to write it in a way. So... If we go back to, I think we've got some good building inspectors in Geelong, some, and and there's, it's like anything. There's good agents, and there's agents that only care about themselves. And um, so, yeah, controversial. controversial. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to mention the good and the bad, are we? So, <laughs> so, and it's the same as it's the same as unbuilding inspectors. So you've got some that are great at their job, but maybe don't and aren't good at explaining. So yeah. I, I would never, I never do a report without talking to my clients, because. Because that's what it's about. So the Australian standard says, how does so the wording is, how does this house compare with other houses of similar age in similar locations? So it's it's um it's horse for courses. So you know if it's a nineteen fifties in um, Grovedale, well, it's got cracks in it. You know yep. that's what we've got in Grovedale. Do you yep. know? And so so and if we're in Barwon Heads and there's cracking, we've got an issue because we don't get cracks in Barwon Heads because it's sand. So building inspections are made up of what's this house like? Okay, so yeah. that's what we have to look at. So if one in 50 buyers in Geelong are doing an inspection, 49 out of 50 aren't. So what are some of those warning signs that they might go on a Saturday, see it, like the house, but there are warning signs that, okay, maybe we should give Graham a call and, and get him to come and do a report? I think people should be thinking about, so houses start at foundations. Yeah. So it's when you're walking through, does it feel level under your feet? Yep. Now, if we're, if we're in a, um, a 1910s house in Geelong West that's weatherboard and it's up and down like anything, well, that's normal because it's still on its original timber stump, still need restumping. Yeah, that's we, we need to know that. If it's a 1980s house and we're in Grovedale and it feels like it's up and down, it's because the slabs moved. And that can be okay as long as it's a reasonable amount of slab movement, okay? So we've got, we've got acceptable tolerances depending on where our soil conditions are. So they should be 
doesn't feel like it's going up and down. Um, they could actually take a squash ball in their um, pocket or a marble and yeah. put it on the floor and see if it rolls to the front door or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's funny too. So when we go into houses and, you know, when you go into a bedroom and the door's chocked with a, um, a wedge underneath it, yeah. take the wedge out. If the door closes automatically, the floors are out of level. Yeah. So they're the things, they're things, because, so once we've worked out the, if the foundations are good, normally the house will be good. Yeah. If we're a bit out of level, then we're going to start finding cracks and we're going to have other issues. Um, and probably the other biggest thing is, which is harder for the homeowner to um, look at, is moisture. Okay, any house that's more than twenty-five years old, you should expect that at some stage you need to replace your showers. They mm. do not last forever. We've only been waterproofing in, in Victoria for the last sort of eight, fifteen, eighteen years behind tiles. So if we're buying a house that was built seventies, eighties, or nineties, then there's no waterproofing behind the tiles. So. That's something that some building inspectors will can a house on in big time, yep. and that scares people. Um, and others will go, as long as... And my first question normally when I find a dodgy shower is, what is your plans? Are we going to renovate the bathroom? Good, because that shower's leaking. Yep. Okay. So, yes, it's a major defect, but we've already taken care of what that yeah. issue is. So that, I suppose, is understanding what people are doing. Um, if there's only one bathroom and it's in a rental place and the shower needs doing, that's an issue because I can't, have a, I can't not have a shower while I've got a tenant there. So we have to look at those sorts of things. But um, water and floors are probably the two things for people to look for. Ricky, do you find that buyers are worried about re-stumping? And then Boydie can answer, you know, is it a big job to re-stump a house? Which houses are easier to re-stump mm. than others? Yeah, 100%. Um, re-stumping is one of those ones. And it's always they, they bring mum or dad or like someone who's a know-it-all through and they talk about, oh, no, this house needs re-stumping, don't bother. But it's kind of frustrates you because as, an, as a real estate agent, you can tell the people um, by the questions they ask whereabouts in the journey they are. So if someone's very new to it and um, they're, looking, they're concerned about stumps, but it's a really great house, then they're probably just not progressed far in the journey because those of people that are experienced and potentially miss out on two or three, four or five auctions um, know that it's not that big of a deal. I had my own house restumped. Um, shout out to affordable um, restumping Dave Fisher. I'm sure you know him. He's a great bloke. Um, you know, I think our house was about 15 grand. So okay. to, to do the whole place and, you know, I've had plenty of properties of failed building inspections with stumps um, with Boydie. But again, I'm not sure if the numbers change, but Boydie used to be really good and tell people, um, you know, to, if, if your house needs three or four or five or the whole thing stumped, he'd break it down to even a, a cost per stump. Which again, if if you just hear the words your house needs restumping, people like just throw their hands up in the air. It's all too hard, and off they go. Um, but, but I think people who understand building inspections and have a good in, um, relationship with a building inspector actually end up with better properties because a lot of people let them go when there's inverted commas structural defects. That someone who's switched on and knows what that actually means and what's involved in in fixing it um, sometimes is. I wouldn't say bargains, but there's better buyers to be had. Yeah, and we've we've been talking on this show for the last six months that with a bit of um, with the pendulum swinging towards buyers, things that are renovated are selling well. Things that need work mm. potentially harder to sell, but that's on the flip side an opportunity. But there are also building costs are going up, materials are going up. Graham, are you seeing? sort of the defects and what it might cost to repair these are they are they skyrocketing or are there still 
still opportunities there for buyers? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing in Geelong, because we've been in such a demand, is um, getting trades to do things. So we speak about, um, and I probably would have referred um, Dave Fisher to you if you hadn't, because I use him all the time, is his wait list is out to six to eight months. Mm. So so that can be an issue with things that need doing. Um, costs have certainly gone up. When um, I reckon it used to be $100 a stump, and it's closer to 180 now. So that's in the last five years. So that is probably partly due to materials. And the other is... They've got so much work they can afford to lift mm. their prices. Yep. So from that point of view, so um, with a lady yesterday, um, house needs a lot of work. And my big thing with her was, um, single lady, is did she have the 18 months she needed to do all the work? Um, because that's, you know, realistically, that's how long it takes if you go through the planning process, the building process, and all those sorts of things. So mm. depending on what you're doing, um, but you shouldn't not buy a house that's got timber stumps. I often say to people, um, well, my house, you did the building yeah, inspection on it, had timber stumps. Yeah. So still, still bought it, worked yeah. out well for me. And what happens too is I often say to people, um, so you, you get a house and it's nice and level and it's got timber stumps. So we know the or timber stumps... Vice, in, vice versa. Yeah. You get a house on concrete stumps, it's not level. Yeah. So we know that the stumps are having some rot because we stopped building this... Basically, we went to concrete stumps early 60s. So for any house that's got timber stumps still, we know it's more than 60 years old. Okay, so they're starting... I've used that piece of info. You've given me a lot. So yeah. I always talk about breakwater. Um, it, was, it was right on that age where property started going to... Usually aluminium windows are yep. a giveaway for me. When a property's got aluminium windows a, from original, there's a pretty good chance yep. it's on timber stumps. Especially all the commission houses because they were all well built and they were all on concrete stumps. They mm-hmm. are built... They're, 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 like, they were built to take re- a knock. Re- <laughs> okay. well they, were, they were built to take a knock and most of them have stood up. Yep. It's, um, 100%. It's the things that people have done afterwards. So that's an interesting building inspection. So quite often I'll go to a house and I'll say, the house is really good. But the shed's you know, rubbish and the bagola's homemade and dodgy. So it's the external stuff they've done afterwards. All this, um, I often say to people, it's the great Australian, Australian right to build a shed or a bagola in your backyard. Without a dare. Without, without a, a permit. permit. <laughs> okay, because every second house has got one. So we have to comment what, on that. What percentage, I think we've spoken about this as well, Damo, what percentage of people um, in Armstrong Creek have built a deck or a pergola without a permit? Probably 80%. At least. Yes. Yeah. It's outrageous. Um, worst thing you've seen in a building inspection? Uh, lots of termite damage. So that's we're lucky in Geelong. We don't have many termites. Yeah, I've, seen some, I've only ever had one house. Luckily, yeah, we've seen some bad termite damage. Um, and then um, again, I suppose pretty recently, I've seen one where the, uh, a flipper, someone had bought the house, they'd removed all these walls and put any any structural support in to hold the roof up. Yep. Um, it looked fantastic. You know, um, I often call them. Um, um, a lipstick with pig, yep. a pig with lipstick. So after you take the lipstick off, it's still a pig. Um, so I worry about those houses. Somebody buying one of those. Perfect segue. And then into um, your client had a question about yeah. removing a wall. Yeah. So we had a couple of questions on the Instagram body that um, that you might be able to answer. The first one we got: How can you identify if a wall can be removed to open up a closed-off space? That's from. Alep underscore Varma, and I suppose everyone walks into a house and thinks, gee, I'd love open plan living, I'd love to knock out this wall. How can they tell whether it can be done or not? Um, first thing is you can remove any wall. Yep. Okay, even if it's a load-bearing wall, as long as we put a structural support back in to pick up the weight. So there's not a wall in a house normally that we can't remove. Yep. So that's number one. Um, technically, the building code says any wall we remove, whether it's load-bearing or non-load-bearing, needs a permit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, most people take them out 
and go, oh, it wasn't load-bearing, so it doesn't matter. And in some cases, they're right, but technically, they all need permits when we remove them. So all we need to do is to get a structural engineer to say, yeah, we can remove that wall. This is the size beam I want to put in. You need to put another stump in here to pick up the weight, and away you go. So, so um, people often ask me when I do a building inspection, um, what walls are load-bearing? And I'll tell them, but I'll also say to you, that doesn't mean we can't remove it as long as we adequately support the roof. So if you've got a tiled roof... It's a bigger job than a tin roof. It's just purely weight. Okay. Interesting. A uh, question from X Shield, and having been on both sides of the fence, you'll probably be able to uh, give us a perspective on this, but can we just have one report for each property that goes to market and buyers pay a nominated fee? So in essence, the vendor pays for a report to get done, saves you, uh, I guess, going to t- uh, 10 different, or the same house multiple times, which you wouldn't do, but maybe a buyer comes to you and they miss out on auction and the next Saturday you go into inspect another one, you end up inspecting five or six for the one buyer. Instead, you just go to the one house, produce a report for that house and the buyers through can get a copy of that. Uh, that already happens. Mm-hmm. So there is a firm out there that is trying to um, get that to happen. Um, I, I won't work for them and, uh, and because they won't pay enough. I'll be, I'll be up front. Um, they actually have, they charge the vendor a small fee then they sell copies, I think, for... Like fifty bucks, and right. then if you if you end up being successful, you then pay a, a full fee for the um, report. Right. So in essence, that sounds okay, but but that's a that's a marketing firm doing this. Mm. Arms length from us building inspectors. Okay, so um, when I first start, when I first if we go back ten years ago, I thought you know I should go and do a report for the vendor. Yeah, and then the vendor would produce that to buyers. Yeah, um, some vendors were happy to pay for that, but yep. buyers. We did one last week. Road. Yeah, but buy but but buyers aren't always happy for that, okay? Because buyers think it's tainted mm. if it's for the vendor because they go, oh, well, you probably weren't hard on the vendor. So, uh, so because we've been really auctioning the last well, two or three years, haven't really heavy in Geelong. Mm. Most has been auctioned. So uh, I've come up with a thing that I do, and all my anyone's listening to this has done building inspection with me knows this is. Um, if I go to the first person who books me for an auction, I tell them don't pay me yet because someone might buy a copy. And then as people, if someone buys a copy, then I charge everybody less. Mm. So the first person is not paying full price and then, and then other people are getting it cheaper. So I, I found that works really well. Mm. Um, I've had instances where five and six people have bought a copy of my report. So, so it's great for me because I'm making lots of money and only going there once. It's a lot of phone calls because I actually, I will never send a report without talking to someone. So if I sell five copies of a house, I must admit at the end, I'm sick of talking about that house. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you've got yeah. to you've got to spend that half an hour talking the client through it. So it's no good just sending the report. You have to go through what the report means and what costs might be involved. And I think that's the key. So it is, he's sort of on track. Um, in Canberra, it is compulsory for sellers in Canberra to provide a building inspection report. Okay, people use that in Canberra. The vendor pays for it. Victoria, we're a bit like mm, we don't know about that. We'll be tainted. Be interesting uh, to see in the next couple of years as we go into a slightly softer market whether that becomes a bit more of a thing. Because I don't mind it. I, I think it's. I think it's when you've got a, a name like Jim's Building Inspections. I don't think um, buyers are a little bit more trusting of that than potentially you know ABC Building Inspections. No, no I agree. Um, but yeah, like I know you personally, and I know what your reputation stands for. So I, I think it'd be a good thing. I'd like to see um, all of Geelong sellers eventually getting in that mindset, or in terms of I'll just get one handed on to all the buyers. Because Damo, you you know you help a few young kids with you know 
buy buy um, buy houses and stuff like that. And if it just speeds up the process, and young couples can feel a little bit more comfortable to potentially spend one or two or three extra percent, I, I think it's a win 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 win. So I don't see any um any issues there, Damo. You and I love a crystal ball moving forward, Boydie. Not you, no doubt you're an avid listener to the show, um, as I laugh. But mate. One thing we like to do is ask people on the show in terms of what they think of the market. Now, obviously, an ex-real estate agent, you're heavily involved in the real estate market. But what's your what's your take, obviously, in the news lately? I'm not saying it's true or not true, but um, obviously a bit of speculation on um, how Metricon and companies like that are going. What's your take on, on just the real estate market in general? Are we, are we firing? Is it business as usual? Is it starting to cool? Is it What does it look like to you? Oh. I think, um, so I've been around long enough doing either real estate um, building or building inspections to know that the last few weeks have softened, but that's election. That's purely election. Yep. Um, there's, this, there's this theory that oh, I better not buy something, I better not do something until after the election. Um, realistically, whoever wins the election, we're still going to get up on Sunday morning and put our jocks on the same way as we did on Saturday morning, and it's probably not going to affect too many of us who gets in in the short term. So, But we have this – it is always this, oh, I'll just wait and see what happens with the election, and it's going to happen again in November, the state one. So um, I think, Geelong, the increase has been so mad – that we probably want it to slow a little bit. Like, so I think price-wise, we're probably going to even out a little bit. Yep. I, I, I personally don't see it going down, but I see it evening out. So there might, so people that have to sell because... Um, death, divorce, death. Yeah, the three Ds, death, divorce, and the bank. Um, then then maybe um, there'll be some, not bargains, but some better priced houses because yep. they have to sell. And um, they're motivated that they have to sell by a certain date, so it might be that they won't be able to hang out for the extra 20K. Um, but Geelong's still in such a great place. I, and it's funny, I see as the market slows, my business will increase. Because when the market was mad, people just didn't have time to get a building inspection. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I've got, I'm, I'm, they turned up at auctions, sight unseen, yep. first day buying them. I, I would have done last year, I would have done at least 20 or 30 building inspections after they shifted in. Right. No time to get a building inspection, bought it at auction. Can you come and have a look and tell mm. me I bought a good house? I go, I hope you did. Um, so I think we will see, um, I don't see the market dropping hugely. Um, interest rates, all the carry on about 0.25%. I mean, really, it's unbelievable. Um, they'll go up another. They'll go up another one or two percent. That's okay. The banks have been sort of working on a higher interest rate when they've been calculating your loans anyway. So um, I think the market's good. I think Geelong, we're in a great spot. I mean, uh, and they tell me Ballarat's booming as well. So I think regional Victoria, we're in a great spot. I think we, you know, good times ahead for the next year or two. Boydie, great to meet you. Uh, great to have you on the show. We know you're a busy man, so thanks for taking time out of your week. Ricky, we're going to come back with a quick market update. We'll take a quick break. Thanks for joining us on the show, Boydie. Thanks very much. Good luck, Rick. Open House is proudly supported by Matt Turner and the team at GSC Finance Solutions, Geelong's premier independent mortgage brokers. Whether it be refinancing, purchasing your first home, next home, or an investment, the team at GSC Finance are specialists in making your dream a reality. For all listeners of Open House, the GSC team will chip in $500 for conveyancing on your next purchase. Call Matt on 0427 026 558 or follow Matt on Instagram at Geelong Broker to discuss how we can help your dreams come true through property. Welcome back to Open House. Ricky, that was a great chat with Boydie, wasn't it? He's a uh, good value. Very Wealth good of value. Knowledge. Wealth now, of knowledge. I want to share a story I heard on Kate Bakos's podcast. Obviously, we had 
Kate on our show, but she told a story a couple of weeks ago about an auction she was bidding at in Geelong, and the auctioneer called three times, and as he hit the uh, hit his paperwork for sold, someone yelled out a bid, and obviously that bid didn't count, so Kate uh, was successful for her client, but has that happened to you before? Um, not exactly, but I think that's why it's really important that the auctioneer is just super clear with the, the rules before the start of the auction. And if, if that happens to you, you're not really paying attention because how many times do you hear auction rules? It's the most boring part of everyone's Saturday. If you go into a couple of auctions, you hear it, hear the rules two or three times. So, um, it's, it's a little bit similar to yours though, Damo, with the story you told last week about, you know, that the auctioneer trying to extract a little bit more yeah. out, of you, out of you, um, at your brother-in-law so i think it just comes back to doing the right thing um the rules are there for everyone the rules are on display for 30 minutes before the start of the auction so uh them's the rules play by the rules so. i think some buyers think oh yeah i'll just wait until everyone else's bid he's going to call it three times and then he's going to go in and say oh we're going to get advice from the vendor mm. um and they try and cut it a bit fine and in yeah. this case this um this bidder missed out but not you, a good idea you're better off having the bid on you also, um, Ben Riddle, who I used to work for at Buxton a long time ago, um, he had the strategy of like, and I completely agree, I don't really see the point of why buyers would wait for the last one second to throw in a surprise bid. I think if you're going to bid, like, and I've said this on other podcasts, if you're going to bid, bid early because it's cheap at the start. And, you know, you've got to look at what the good advocates do, like Tony Slack and um, Kate Bakos, as you mentioned. They often bid early and they bid hard. And, and the idea is obviously with respect, but to try and... Um, What's well, not intimidate's the wrong word, but you know they just try and come in really strong to send a message that it's not worth competing. It's our property. You're wasting your time. Yep. So yeah, piece of advice for the listeners: if if you are thinking of bidding, go hard, go early. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I would make sure um, my piece of advice: ask the auctioneer if it's on the market, and if it is on the market, then don't try and play games because yeah. once it is sold, it is sold. Um, yeah. So, little piece of advice there. Mm. Uh, you had an auction at Preston Street recently? Yeah, speaking of um, of auctions, 55 Preston Street, Geelong West on the weekend. It's funny, we actually made um, a little article in the Geelong Addy on the weekend for the best passing in Geelong because I think we sold for um, 25000 above um, full price with with the one bidder. So, in that circumstance, we had... Um, there was a there was a second or third group, but the other guys were subject to finance. So we passed the property into the highest bidder, bought them inside. Obviously, told them, um, yeah, look, this is a scenario. We've we've got a subject to finance bid at this level. Um, they weren't in a position to bid today at auction, but basically, if you want you if you want the property, here's here's the price. Um, take it or leave it, sort of thing. So, um, yeah little bit of little bit of backwards and forwards with the, another again another buyer's advocate there but yeah being able to get the job done and um another good sale for um for everyone involved Eight hundred and seventy-five thousand for a three-bed one bath house in geelong west 455 square meters what was the condition like inside very original yeah. but um it's a it's a, more of an opportunity thing like if you, if you wanted to do a big substantial family renovation and you only want to be you know eight or nine um, houses from Squires Loft or Packington Street. It's a pretty good um, part of Packington Street as well. So definitely would be a challenge to renovate with the narrow frontage. Um, and obviously you've got heritage overlay, special building overlay there as well with the flood stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any um, shortage of sales evidence that, you know, 1.4, 1.5 for the finished uh, product. So 
yeah, young family moving down from Geelong. Looking forward to getting into it. Good one. Any uh, any houses open this Saturday that, um, or this weekend or over the next few weeks that um, buyers should come and check out? Good question, Damo. Um, one that I'm really a big fan of, uh, three at 181 Coppards Road in Moolap. So it's a three-bed, two-bar, two-car um, house, essentially. It's on a shared driveway, so inverted commas, it's a unit. But um, it's kind of a you know Marshall-type um, Armstrong Creek house, 300 square metres, no neighbours across the back, looks onto the Newcomb footy oval, and that's 590 to 610. So that's like, yeah, it, it, it's a bargain. So I think you need to go and check out that one. Um, 37A North Valley Road. We just spoke with Boydie then. He did the um, building inspection on that one. So great for um, first-hand buyers. Not going to auction to that one. So uh, that's also another good one to check out. And I know you got one in East Geelong. If you want to come and be my neighbour in McKillop Street or not far away in McKillop Street, uh, that's a, a nice house, big block. Uh, might need a little bit of work, but um, you can turn that into a forever home for sure. So, mate, good to chat. I thought that was a good episode with Boydie, especially um, when we consider, uh, you know, that people can get a bargain out there now. It's um, those houses that need a bit of work are, are cooling a little bit, and there's there is opportunity out there if you know what to look for. Hundred mm, percent. As I said, you know, at the start of the show, if you, um, we didn't actually give out Boydie's um, details, we'll. We'll chuck that on the Instagram, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing resource for um, those in need. So, Graham Boyd Gyms Building, building Inspection, so you could um, Google that and find Graham pretty easily. Ricky, another great podcast. I'll catch you in a fortnight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And Please remember all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.